Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. We are sponsored by 10,000, T-E-N-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D dot C-C. Use the code Maximus15 for a discount on the best athletic wear you can find. We're also sponsored by Lalo Tactical, L-A-L-O dot com. Use the code Maximus50 for 50% off on Maximus shoes to make you better at everything you do in life. They're named after me, so they got to be the best. Sean, if you get Maximus shoes, your deadlift will double. Your front squat will triple. You'll be better at life in every single way. It'll change you. You're a better human. Yeah, you'll be a metahuman. Now that the bills are paid, we are very excited to have a guy I respect the hell out of, a guy Joe respects the hell out of. Uh, We've uh, been become digital friends, I guess, is the way to... The way to put it, but you're a heavy hitter in the fitness industry. Um, welcome, Sean. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, a lot of the things you've done? Because you've had a stellar career. Man, thanks so much, uh, both you guys, for having me on. This is awesome to uh, get to connect finally. Like you said, we've been connected on social for a long time, but finally have the opportunity to digital face to face. I guess uh, it, it's pretty awesome. So thanks for having me. Um, but I, I thank you for that. I'm. I don't think I'm that special. I'm a kid from Tulsa, Oklahoma, that about 10 years ago, I was working as a firefighter and I uh, wanted to get into fitness. So I opened up a gym. My wife and I started a a small little CrossFit gym and kind of developed into this career that I never thought it was going to be. Originally, my journey into fitness was just supposed to be uh, a way to work out for free because I just wanted to have my own gym and I just wanted to make enough money to pay for my gym. But now it's developed to, to what it is now. So like if people ask me what I am, like I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a fitness professional. And in that order, that's the most important to me is, is for what I do is, is not being defined necessarily by, by my job, but I love my wife, love my kids. And then I happen to do fitness. Good, good. Now you, you're a pretty humble guy, but you are one of the leading faces on men's health, which is the biggest worldwide fitness brand by far, like there's, there's men's health, Italy, men's health, Denmark, men's health, Canada, men's health is everywhere. Tell us a little bit about the men's health stuff. Yeah. So that's probably honestly one of the most common questions people always ask me is, is how did you get involved with men's health? Like, you know, is it sort of certain social media status or anything like that? Like, honestly, the, how I got in with men's health was a thank you card. So about six years ago, they had this show called, I was uh, owning a, a sports performance gym in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they had this uh, reality show on men's health called Next Top Trainer. And it was just shot. It was like, like a web-based series show. They aired it on YouTube, and I was on the second season of that show. And the winner of the show was supposed to get like their own men's health DVD. They were going to be like the face of men's health for that year. It was, it was like not, uh, nominated as the next top trainer. So Went on the show, uh, threw my application in there. Didn't think I was going to even get picked for the show, but ended up making it onto the show and then ended up coming in second place on the show. And which shouldn't mean anything because the guy that, that got second place on the first season didn't really develop into too much stuff with men's health. But when I went there, um, I had a business mentor and he said, no matter what happens, connect with everybody that you, that's there 
and you want to be able to show gratitude just for the opportunity. You're a kid from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like all these other guys were from like New York, LA, Chicago, Dallas, like Nevada, like uh, Phoenix, like all these major cities. And then it's like Sean from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So like through these big trainers and all these big cities. So I went there, got connected with everybody. And before I left, I made sure I got everybody's name, email, and uh, business address for it. At the time, it's, it's owned by Hearst now. Men's Health is owned by Hearst now, but used to be owned by a company called Rodell. And so get the Rodell business address. And I took a picture with everybody after the show, like a like selfie-style picture, and got their contact information. Well, about two weeks after uh, getting home from the show, you know, I'm frustrated. I'm kind of depressed on myself because I didn't win. Like, I, I wanted to go there. I didn't win. I'm, I'm a very competitive person. And so second place means like first loser, like I didn't win. So I uh, ended up, I wrote everybody a handwritten thank you card that worked for the magazine. And I got like this cheap dollar general picture frame and put the picture of us together in it. And I sent them that picture and a thank you card to every single person on the show, like everyone, like from the guys that were operating cameras to like guys literally like stagehands doing the lights to obviously some of the bigger name people like Adam Campbell, who was like the head guy at Men's Health at that time, BJ Gador, uh, David Jack, Kelsey Cannon, um, all the people that were running Men's Health, you know, six years ago. Didn't hear anything for about a month. So I sent that off. I was like, and probably went to like some junk mail room, like nobody's gonna, gonna do anything with that. <laughs> then about a month after I sent it, I got a call from uh, BJ Gador. And he's like, yo, Sean! Like BJ's got so much life. And he's like, hey, I just want to thank you so much for the, uh, the thank you card and the picture you sent me. He said, you know, it's kind of actually weird, but like everybody that got those pictures, your picture is the only picture that's sitting on their desk. So he said, like at the men's health office, like everybody's desk has like their computer. He's like, they don't even have pictures of their family, but now everybody that was on the show has a picture of you on their desk. <laughs> and so um, he said, you know, on the show, you you did this uh, pistol squat, like balancing on these paper plates or stuff like that. Like, would you mind writing an article for the web on how to do a pistol squat? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, so ended up doing that and submitted it to him, like super excited for the opportunity. And then like two days later, when the associate fitness editors, uh, her name was Jill Vanslaw at the time. She reached out to me and she said, Hey, Sean, um, you know, we, we're, we loved your article. That was awesome. How would you like to write another one over muscle ups and how to get people to do muscle ups? I was like, yeah, th- that would be incredible. Then like a couple weeks after that, somebody from the social media team reached out and they said, Hey, would you mind uh, shooting some social media content for us in your gym and just texting it over to us so we can promote you on social media? And I was like, Absolutely. So I'm this little gym owner in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'm starting to get these opportunities, like no social media following, like maybe two, 300 followers or anything like that. And from that, it honestly just blew up. Like I stayed engaged every single time I would get an opportunity. They would get another handwritten thank you card and I would send it off to them. And those little things just kind of kept adding up. And so about a year after the show aired, then I got to the guy that won the show, got to do his DVD and I went on there and I was like background talent for him. And then after that, it kind of evolved even more whenever I moved to Miami because it's a lot easier to get a film crew to come to Miami than it is Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> so then they started flying out here. We started doing more social media content for them, more writing for them. Then they went through a transition when it went from Rodell to Hearst. And whenever that transition happened, I was actually got to be the last person to film in the Rodell studio because um, I had a deal with uh, Kaiser Fitness at the time. And so I got to shoot a bunch of Kaiser and men's health content. And then honestly, because of that, 
is why I still got to continue to do something like everything happened for a reason. There was a timing for everything, but because I was the last person to film in there, I got, I was actually also one of the very first people that got a contract from Hearst because it was during that transition period. So Rodell didn't pay me, Hearst paid me and it was during the merger. So it wasn't even necessarily like public information yet. So whenever Hearst took over, they looked at everybody that they had worked with before. And because I was already on the docket by chance, um, I got to continue to do all that stuff with, with Hearst. And ever since then, it's just try to show as much gratitude to them and, and show as much value as possible. And it's developed to where earlier this year, I got my own, you know, follow along fitness DVD that came out for them called the six week sweat off. And uh, I'm a regular contributor to the magazine and get to do a bunch of really cool stuff. And it, honestly, it, it wasn't because I was like some big celebrity trainer, had some big social media following. It all came from being just a genuine trainer from Tulsa, Oklahoma that wrote a thank you card. That's awesome. You know, I, I feel bad for my jealousy now and wanting to punch you in the face. But there's, there's, there's been some times these, these lists come out, like top trainers in America or the 40 fitness professionals that you should follow. And sometimes you're ranked ahead of me and I, I get angry. All I had to do was send a fucking thank you card. Yeah. I, I need to do it. I need to not hate you. I need to look in the mirror and hate myself. And there you I, go. Um, and, and this isn't where I anticipated the conversation going. I don't think Joe did either. But what a good lesson for people out there. And you do business coaching and mentoring and things like yep. that for people. What an incredible lesson to teach people to just be polite and say thank you and great things happen. It's just unfortunately nobody does that anymore. No, and that's why I, 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 I do teach this to, to the people I work with because that, that's typically why they want to work is like, well, how'd you get in with this brand or, or men's health? Like, how do you get all these opportunities? It's honestly like, I, I've been very blessed and fortunate with a lot of opportunities and I just, I've been able to learn how to leverage those things. But the reason I got those is I was just trying to be as nice as people as possible, you know, show them that Southern charm. And my, my thing is gratitude and value. Like, any opportunity I get, I don't care like what it is. Like you're going to let me like take some men's health magazine and go set them on the shelf over here. Like I'm going to be thankful for that opportunity because I know that that one individual opportunity uh, might not be, you know, the big thing that launches me, but it's going to be a stepping stone to the next thing and the next opportunity. Cause if you're not grateful for the little things, you're, you're never going to even get to see the big things. And so it's being grateful for what I have. And then anything that I do have, going above and beyond and trying to add value for it. So if they let me carry those magazines, like we'll make sure I'm promoting to everybody. Like, Hey, I'm taking these magazines over here. Men's health is an awesome brand. Like whatever the opportunity is, I'm, I'm showing gratitude and I'm trying to go above and beyond and add value to them. So any, like anytime I get to work with a company for a brand deal, if they say, you know, we want you to do, you know, two posts and so many stories, like you do brand deal stuff, you know how they work. Like, they typically price it out for that kind of stuff, but I was trying to do a little bit extra for them. And I make sure I send them my analytics reports a little bit sooner. So that way they can go ahead and see the value that I gave them and thanking them for the opportunity. Like those little things matter. And if you want to stand out, not just in fitness, but in anything, like do those little things. It's easy to send somebody a text or a DM like, Hey, uh, thanks for the opportunity. We love working with you. But it's rare when you get like a piece of real mail in the, in the mailbox. It's crazy because it used to be the exact opposite. It used to, you know, you're sitting by your computer and it's like, you got mail. You're like, Oh my 
God, somebody emailed me. That's incredible. And you check your email, but now, and you used to get uh, all this mail all the time. Now it's the exact opposite. Now somebody sends you a legit, uh, you get emails all the time, but somebody sends you a legit card or letter in the mail. You're like, Whoa, like, this is so awesome. Like it's uh, those little things matter. And, and if you do those, that's the, the binding point. You know, it's, it's so funny. We were actually talking about, um, one of the most, I think, underrated and successful businesswomen on the planet. Her name's Chris Jenner. She is in charge of $8 billion brands. Like Kim by herself is a billion dollars. Chloe by herself yeah. is a billion dollars. Uh, Courtney by herself is a billion dollars. Um, Endo by herself, a billion dollars. Like it's just, but one thing she does after every business meeting, she sends somebody flowers. Like just gratitude for their time. And so it's, it's incredible to me to hear that you do that because it's, it's something came naturally to you. It's something that you're just a nice guy, but it really paid in a day and age where Joe and I asked somebody to come on the podcast and they're like, well, how much am I going to get paid? <laughs> Some person with a thousand followers and it's Peterson or fucking Charlie Caruso or Ashley Borden or Sean Garner paid them just in the internet era feel so damned entitled. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like when you're coaching people, is that a hard thing to get through people's heads that you're not that special and not that important? It is. And so I've got a couple of, uh, with what I do with business coaching, there's a couple avenues for one is I work with clients one-on-one. So clients will hire me, my, my company called EntreFit to work with, I work with fitness professionals, fitness brands and gym owners mainly helping them with their digital presence, whether it be social media content or creating their online training platform. Then on the other side of it, I work for a fitness app called Playbook, where I do that exact same thing, but for the creators that we bring on the app. And so it's, if they're working with me one-on-one, I kind of get to be a little bit more uh, direct with them. But then at the same time, whenever I'm working with certain personalities, like that's a different type of a business. So we're making sure that, you know, we're kind to them because they're bringing value to us in a certain way. But the the easiest way to kind of, I, I don't, I'm not as uh, probably upfront as you probably could get away with being, you're a big guy. I'm, I'm not, I, I've never been in a fight with my life. If somebody wanted to fight me, they would win. <laughs> so, but uh, I, I tell them very politely, the, the marketplace determines the value. There's a lot of people that think just because they've made a certain like social media status that they've made it or that they've arrived, like that means you are really good at figuring out a platform. Like it's, there's a huge, huge difference with people between having a social media following and having a brand. And then from having a brand to having an actual like true community of people that are like your super fans that know, like, trust you, love you, will buy anything that you put out. Because there's a lot of people that, you know, they figured out like the social media, using Instagram, for example, they figured out the algorithm and how to do the posts, the hashtags, tagging people, collaborating stuff to grow a following on a social media platform. But that has zero to do with the value that they bring to people or their uh, quality of a human being. Like I know some incredible trainers, some incredible human beings um, successful business owners that have little to no social media following. Um, and I think that that's an unfortunate part of what so many people have done specifically in the fitness industry is they tie their, uh, value based upon 
And it, it goes both sides. They, they tie that value based upon the social media following. And for one, it's how they value other people, but also like the flip side, dark side is how they value themselves. Like there's people that they think that they're worthless if they don't have, you know, hundred thousand followers or maybe I should just leave the industry because I've only got, you know, a thousand followers. Like do not place your self worth in a social media following. Like that, that's a, a slippery, slippery slope not to get on just for um, how you value other people, but how you look at yourself. Like you're, you're more than a following. You're more than likes and comments. Like that, that's a, a big, it is a big frustration of mine because people think that because they have it, they've made it. And I'll also tell you this because I do work with people in their business. I get to see the behind the scenes of people's business. The bigger someone's social media following is, has absolutely zero to do with the amount of income that they make. Like, especially with an online training platform, I know and I've worked with people that have hundreds of thousands of followers that are struggling to make like a thousand dollars a month with online training. And then the same flip side, I've worked with people that have, you know, 5,000 followers that are making, you know, 10, 15, $20,000 a month with online training. So it has zero to do with the amount of your Instagram followers it has everything to do with your ability to build a tribe of like community super fans that you've added so much value to you that they do know, like, and trust you. And they're not just following you because your pictures or your workout videos look the prettiest. So where, where does that fit in the equation though? Because obviously there's like your own self-worth, right? And I think mm-hmm. way too many people draw their value from their likes and follows on, on Instagram. But from a business perspective, like I'm a trainer, I've got a decent follow. Like at what point does that become something to, I guess, to be aware of? And, and again, how do, you, how do you keep people from, I guess, falling in love with their own image? Like, first of all, one of my favorite books is Ego is the Enemy. <laughs> it's like that, that is the killer of, of, I think, honestly, a lot of things in the world, but specifically in, in the fitness industry is, is people's ego getting the best of them. Um, what I tell people is to, especially on the social media following, a lot of times people like to focus on an individual platform. Like if you're looking at overall business strategy, don't look on an individual platform, look across multi brands like or multi platforms. So for example, to me, the most valuable worth and something for me to test, like I get knowing the insides of people's business has zero to do with the size of social media following. It has everything to do with the size of their email list and their text messaging list. Hmm. Like that, if you've gotten that from people, that takes a lot more than just clicking follow or clicking like, like people have, filled out a form on your website. They've raised their hand, said that they're interested. You've given them something of value to make them want to put in their email address. Um, That's the best thing to evaluate a business. And it's honestly also the best thing to control your business. Like a little side rant on on growing your business online. Whenever you have a email list or a, a text messaging list, that's traffic that you can control. When you, and I know trainers that have honestly lost a lot and almost everything because they were relying too much on a single platform like Instagram to grow their business. And then Instagram's algorithm changed, less people see their content, organic reach drops. And now they've lost all their traffic because they weren't doing anything to control the traffic by building an email list, getting a text message list where they control the traffic. Because when you are waiting for everything to be dependent on a social media following, you have to, de- to depend on way too many factors. Is the person, is, first of all, is that platform actually going to show your content to that part of your audience? Then did that audience member log in to that social media platform at that day? Then on top of that, 
Was there something else that they saw right before that that was maybe more interesting and they just scrolled on by you? Like there's way too many factors that you can't control. When there is an email list or a text messaging list, you control that. You can send the email. You can see exactly when they open it, what links they clicked on. Did they forward it to somebody else? Did they delete the email? How many times did they open it? Like, if especially if you had a really good like email marketing software, and you can control that. So then I can. It's a lot more easy or a lot easier for me to pinpoint people in my audience that I've already attracted to grow that side of their business. So that's like on, on the business side of it. On the self on the self worth social media side, that's where you have to. You have to know who you are as a person, as a man, as a, as a fitness professional. Like you have to have some, you have to do some like deep soul searching to know what your identity is and who your identity is. Because if it's in your job, if it's jobs, look at people right now. There's so many people out of a job right now. So if your identity was in a job, um, right now you're probably struggling with some identity issues. I remember when I was a firefighter, like I thought I was badass because I was a firefighter and that was my identity and stuff like that. And then Whenever I became a tra- gym owner, it's like, man, I'm a gym owner. I'm badass. I own my own gym. And then I, you've always put that until, until you kind of really break it down as to who you are as a person and know who you are. Um, you're going to always struggle with some identity things, no matter what it is, if it's a social media platform, if it's your career, um, what it is. Nice, nice. So, Sean, I've seen a bunch of people with these text message lists. Mm-hmm. It can't be their phone number or their own no. phone number. It's got to be your service. How much do you know about that? And can you teach me and Joe right now? Yeah. Um, I know a little bit about it. So I primarily focus on email marketing, but there's a lot of different platforms that you can use. No, it's not your um, actual cell phone number. Think of it more of like a uh, Facebook Messenger. So, right, you've got your, or any type of messaging service, you've got your username and your username is just a phone number. So people are texting that number, but in essence, just making it simple, they're texting a username and they're setting up, an, there's automations that you can set up in the background. There's a service that I've used a little bit for this. It's called ManyChat and you can do SMS integrations with that where people will opt in, you know, they'll, you know, text whatever, like, you know, text, uh, Maximus to whatever number you pick, they text that. And that's the way of them opting in with their phone number, just like they would with their email address online. And what that does is that again, stores it on a backend platform that you'll run most likely from your computer. And uh, it's just a web-based software. You can go in, you can see all your subscribers that you have. You can send and push notifications for, you know, if you get a new program that's coming out or you're doing a special event, get a new podcast episode, just drop and you can send it out to them that way. Text messaging has a way higher open rate than emails, but you also typically pay quite a bit more than you would for uh, just sending out an email blast. Like average email uh, open rates are probably anywhere, depending on how good your list is, anywhere from like 15 to 30, 35% at the top end. Text messaging open rates are going to be upwards in like 75, 85, almost 90% on some lists, depending on how targeted it is. So you're going to have a lot higher open rate on a text messaging, but you're also going to be paying a lot more. Like an email platform, you might get away with, you know, $50 to $100 a month for unlimited emails. A text messaging platform, you're typically going to pay per message per user. So your cost is going to be a lot higher. So depending on, I think you should, depending on your business, should have a little bit of both. But it's um, utilizing the right one at the right time. So if you have like a something you want like a really strong call to action on, that's where you send them out the text message. But if it's like broad, general, like newsletter type stuff, like that's whenever you send them out the emails. That makes sense. So that's why we've also seen, a, I want to say wealthier people having 
the text message service. Like I'm seeing yeah. a lot of people and it, like the rock has one, uh, bad gal, Riri, AKA Rihanna has one, Tory Lanes has one, like people that can afford that type of budget. Sounds like this might be a thousand bucks a month or, or it could be depending on the size of your text message list. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It definitely depends on how big your list is. Like there's people that are spending, yeah, thousands of dollars a month because they've got a big list. So that's where it's, if you have it, it's, uh, this kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier about like the ego and the, the self-worth and everything. Like you don't create a text messaging list just so you can say, Oh, you can text me now. And I've got a text messaging list. Like you do it for a business purpose. Like even with social media, like going back to that for a second, like I don't use social media like most people. Like for me, it's a business. So it's not social media, it's business media. Like when I'm on there, it's to connect with people. It's to, obviously I stay connected with my family and, and friends, but for me, it's looking for leads and connecting with mentors and people that I want to learn from and work with in the industry. You can go on social media to consume, which is what most people do. And if that's like your form of relaxing and entertainment, that's awesome. But if you're a business owner, you're trying to grow your business, especially online, you shouldn't go on social media to consume content. You should be going on there to create content. So I have a rule for myself where if I'm going on social media, it's only to respond to comments, direct messages, or to post something. So if you get stuck in that endless scroll, like, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes, all of a sudden it's an hour. Like, Shit, where'd my day go? Like, I didn't do anything today. And you, you're complaining about not having enough time. And then you open up your settings and your iPhone, you realize what's well, because you spend, you know, 14 hours a week on Instagram. Yeah. And I don't I'm, know anybody like that. It's funny. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny you say that, Sean, because I actually just looked up some prices. And just as an example, 5,000 messages is about 125 a month. And then you've got three cents per additional message. So shit, if you have a list of 10,000 and you want to send out messages, most of that's going to add up in a hurry. Yeah. So that's, that's where it's yeah. looking at your overall business as a whole and like, Breaking it down, I what I like doing with the business coaching is because it relates so much with the fitness stuff. Is think about like your movement patterns, right? If you're doing a tall kneeling, you know, both knees are on the ground doing an overhead press, like you have minimal, like almost the least amount of joints involved. Then you start doing like a single leg overhead press, like there's so many joints that need to be stabilized. There's a lot of different things that can go go wrong with that. So saying that and applying it to your business, you wouldn't want to just start with like a, a text messaging platform. Like that's one of the very last things that you should probably considering because, because it does cost so much. It's just a different version of paid traffic with social media ads and things like that. Like you don't want to start doing that stuff until you've proved it organically. So first thing is like build your community with just really good content, adding value to people, responding to all your comments, getting involved in the DMs. Like you should definitely go deep through social media and not trying to go wide because that's going to build a solid foundation for everything. Then on that, you got to look at your sales page. So, okay. So once you're driving traffic from that organic reach that you have and you're taking them to a sales page website, um, whatever your opt-in thing that you're trying to get them to, uh, get your call to action on, how is that converted? Like, you know, is your headline good? Is, is there enough copy on there? Is the video on the page good? Like there's a lot of things to consider on that. Then what you want to do is then you would test it with cold traffic. So then maybe that's whenever you start doing some paid ads and you see, well, what's it look like when somebody comes through your sales process that doesn't have a clue who you are, because that's going to let you know how that converts for that person. Then when you've got that pretty locked down, then you can start thinking about things like a text messaging service, because 
like you just said, you don't want to spend all that money driving traffic to a page that, or a business offer that might not be converted. Cause if you can't get it to convert with your organic traffic, like uh, paid traffic and all these other things are just kind of like, you know, alcohol, it's just going to accelerate or add whatever that person really is. So if it's not working organically, doing ads, having text messaging services and stuff like that, isn't going to all of a sudden make it work better. That makes sense. Now these we're, we're talking about business steps uh, that are down the road. If you're hypothetically, you're a small town, Oklahoma, maybe you're a cop or a firefighter or you're something like that. You want to get the fitness industry. How do you start? Like, like you were when people go get some certifications, do they link up with a coach like you? Like, well, what, what's the starting steps for that kind of stuff? So there's obviously a lot of different ways that you can do it. It's very easy right now. If you are fit or you're good at working out to create a social media account, start getting some followers and building up people that way. And then having a program to sell. That is not what I support or what I tell people to do. If they want to do it, do it right. Just like you can be really good at working out and you can start training people in the park. That doesn't mean it's necessarily the best thing and it's a solid foundation for your business. What I think if somebody's wanting to get into fitness is you need to have, which right now has obviously been shut down, but you need that in-person rep because when you get online, that adds another variable for things to screw up. Like if you, you need to, whenever I, so first of all, the backup, if somebody wants to work with me, they have to be in the industry a minimum of two years of working with somebody in person. Because if you're going to salsa now, going to start training somebody online, you need to know what's going to screw up before they even get to it. So if you're programming a squat and you've never coached a squat before in person and somebody's coming to you with knee pain, you're not going to know how to fix that. You're not going to know, oh, that hit. I bet they really had just tight ankles. We could try elevating their heels or we could try wrapping a mini band around their knee for, you know, helping with glute engagement or maybe we could try goblet squatting them because it's going to give them more upright torso. It's going to take pressure off the knees. Like you don't know those things because you haven't done it in person. So don't now try and take it online. I think when people, people make the mistake of doing it too early because they think it's going to be easier because they don't have to do those things. But that's also where the industry and online training and stuff gets a bad rap because it is easier to get in. It is a very low barrier to entry. But if you if you want to get in and do stuff online, you need to get reps in in person. You need to train people in, in person. You need to do group training. You need to do personal training. You know, you need to do small group training. You need to experience it all before you try and start taking it online because that's just a way to get people hurt and honestly devalue and, in my opinion, disrespect the industry if you try and like shortcut your way to it. That's funny. I, I hadn't even thought of that, but that's, I mean, how obvious it is now that you say that out loud. Cause I was just thinking from my experience, I used to own a CrossFit gym. I've done a lot of one-on-one training, small group, even large group stuff, like uh, like big group fitness classes. And so for me to take it online, it's just like, yeah, I mean, obvious, but if you've never done a group class and all you've done is one-on-one, like it's kind of hard to now get four five, six different people in front of you and still try to keep engagement. Where if you did it the other way around, it's like, it's almost natural and you can really use that medium to help enhance that experience. I really like that insight. Yeah. Most people though, it's ignorance is bliss. So they don't know any better. So they don't know how bad they're really doing when they're doing it online. They think they're crushing it because they have that social media following or stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like this, this whole like coronavirus, like gym shutting down, everything is showing us a lot. Like, and I've been telling this with everybody, like what you do 
doesn't change when you go online, just how you do it. The medium changes, but you're still a coach. Like people don't need your workout programs. You get free workout programs anywhere. Like even whenever people are buying your online training, they're not buying workout programs. They're buying a coach. They're buying somebody to to hold them accountable to, you know, check in with them to make sure that they're doing things right. They're helping with stress management, like helping them when problems and obstacles come. You can get free workout programs anywhere. So you're not selling workout programs when you go online. You're still a coach. You're just changing the medium of how you coach people. Yeah. Yeah. That's I like that. Something that we had, uh, well, Bobby, you remember we were talking to uh, Tony Blauer and he was saying the difference between a a technician, a trainer and a coach. And I think to be effective online, like you, you kind of need to be a technician. You have to understand the technology. Uh, Obviously you have to understand from a trainer perspective, like, you know, what is a squat supposed to look like? Because you're not going to be there to physically go hands on and like make somebody squat properly you can't necessarily cue them the way you want to so that highest level is almost a, a requirement if you're going to be effective at all on a, in a digital space yeah it's to me being an online trainer is not a less than like oh well you know they they didn't have their own gym or, or they, they you know they're not an in-person trainer like it's not a less than it's like it's a promotion like you mm. even though anybody can do it doesn't mean everybody should do it and i'll definitely tell you this the ones that do it well, treat it like that. They treat it like a job and they treat it like not advanced social media, but they treat it like another business, which is how it should be treated because it elevates your, in order to do it well, you have to be an awesome coach because you have to, again, know how to cue things without being tactile and being able to touch them and put them in positions and stuff like that. Like you have to be able to be so clear with your words um, or your descriptions in your app or whatever program you're using that there's no confusion for them and there, there is no injuries and, and, and that you drop that risk down. Yeah. If all you know is one cue for a movement and you can't use it because of the limitations of the medium, you're, you're pretty much useless. So you really have to yeah. know. And, and I've always said, that's like the, the art of coaching is the art of collecting and, and uh, perfecting your cues. Right. So yeah, I love that. I love that thought. And, and I think it would be from a user end, almost obvious if somebody was a really good coach or, like you said, somebody who's probably has no idea what they're doing. I think you would figure out pretty quick watching them work. <laughs> yeah, you do. But unfortunately, I think a lot of people, even just from the from the online fitness side, from the consumer side, is a lot of times consumers do just look at you know social media following and how good of shape somebody's in, and they assume like, oh wow, they've got a huge following. They must know what they're doing, or well, they're in really good shape, so I'm sure they can get me in really good shape. Like. Yeah. Uh, the consumer doesn't know that until unfortunately, you know, they've gone through so many bad ones. You know, they don't know what good is sometimes until they've had a good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the things is we spent a lot of the time on the podcast talking about business stuff and you're a brilliant business mind. You built up a huge brand for yourself, a huge business, but you also have this fitness love. You think at some point you're going to have to choose the avenue you Go down. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Cause I'm actually kind of at that point now. So about nine months ago, I left all in-person fitness. So I work hundred percent online now with my online fitness coaching and with my online business coaching. Like everything is done remotely. I get to work from anywhere. I work from home, get to see more time with my family. It's awesome. Um, but it's getting to the point to where even though I like, you know, the X's and O's and the craft of fitness to where my time, money, and expertise is much more profitable if I'm focusing on the business side. So how I've kind of started to cut things back for me is 
I, the cool thing is, is, is getting to be more selective with the fitness projects that, that I do take on. So if I'm, I, I obviously have the app playbook that I work for on the business side, but also as a, as a creator side where people can train with me and interact with me through that, through a you know, low ticket subscription service. I've got a few clients that I've kept on for one-on-one online coaching that I've had for years that I'm not taking any more on, but I'm never going to, you know, kick somebody to the curb that's been supporting me for two years but it's just something that I'm not going to be bringing any more on. And uh, I've honestly kind of stopped taking clients for the online stuff. It's just, we take care of the ones that are, that are already committed to us. And, you know, whenever I was just some kid in, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and wanted to train with me, we're taking care of them, but not going to be bringing on as many people. So, cause I love the business side of it. And, you know, I love the big cool brand stuff. I get to do, like, I get to work with Roan, get to work with Men's Health, like get to work with Fitbit for several years. Like, I get to work with some really cool fitness stuff. So if I'm going to do fitness stuff, I want it to be that stuff because that's what I really, really love. Um, but even on like the, uh, the business side of fitness, like that's honestly why I got into fitness. Like how I got in is I was uh, wanted, to be, wanted to be a firefighter and I was about 30 pounds lighter than I am now. Like <laughs> I was this scrawny little kid that wanted to be a firefighter. And uh, obviously it's a pretty physical demanding job. So my father-in-law got me into CrossFit, ended up loving it, got in a lot better shape, um, got onto the fire department. And as a firefighter, you know, you work 24 hours on, have 48 hours off and uh, had all this free time. My wife said, I don't want you home playing video games all the time. You need to get a second job. And I was like, well, I really like this fitness stuff. How about we open up a gym? So we didn't have any kids at the time and we had some extra money. And so we opened up a CrossFit gym and that was like my intro to training is different than most people. I wanted to be a trainer. So I opened my own gym. So I didn't have any experience with training people. I hundred percent do not recommend that. Like, thank God I didn't get anybody hurt or killed. Um, even my, my clients that were with me from the beginning, they're like, you know, Sean, like when you first opened this thing, you didn't have a clue what you were doing, but you were just so nice to us. We felt bad if we wanted to leave. So we stayed and now you're, now you actually know what you're doing. Like, Thanks, I guess. <laughs> so that's, so that's kind of what got me into fitness is I wanted a business and I loved fitness. And so I was like, Hey, why don't we put the two things together? And mm-hmm. that's kind of what led into my, my fitness career was starting at the business. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely at that point now to where it's, you know, where, where do I feel like I could be best used? And I, the thing that I love about the business side of fitness is training trainers. So helping them, like, it's not just about, to, for them to be successful, like we talked about, they need to know these business skills and and branding and, and digital marketing and all that stuff. But it's also making them better trainers. So a lot of the stuff that we talk about is is about mindset and just the art of coaching and, and how to be a better coach. And then you just happen to be doing that in a digital platform. So that's what that's what I love. Whatever I worked in the fitness industry is working with other trainers. So one, I, I think one final question for me anyway. I don't know if Joe has anything else, but. Has your fitness suffered? Because listen, you're one of the fittest guys around. You're a leader in men's health. You're on all these lists. Um, you love working out. It's a passion of yours. Since the business stuff has taken over, has Sean Garner's personal fitness suffered? Yes. <laughs> like it's, it's a hundred percent. But I will say this. I, I don't know if I can relate it to that as much of it is changing my work environment. So before, um, I was 100% doing what I was doing now. I was, you know, in the gym six, seven days a week in a physical location, 
from, you know, 5 a.m. to 8 o'clock at night. So it's a lot easier just to say, hey, let's just hop in here with some buddies from work and some of the other trainers. Let's grab a workout together and do that versus I'm at home. Like I, I'm my I guess one of my sicknesses is I'm a very much a workaholic. So I like to just sit there and get my work done and just focus because I have always, and this is my bad thing that I that I need to work on from my mindset. I don't get paid right now for working out. I get paid for helping other people. And so my job, my responsibility is to best provide for my family. So that's always my mental struggle is like, okay, like I know I need to take care of myself, but so now instead of having those hour and a half long training sessions that I used to do, now maybe it's just 30 minutes and I'm still moving every day and, and doing that, but I'm not having these big, brutal, crushing workouts because at this point, that's not my number one priority. Nice. Where, uh, you're an extremely interesting guy. You've, you've done a lot of stuff in the business world and the fitness world. Um, super inspirational. And one of the things that we've always loved about you is just how positive you are. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen a shred of negativity from anything you've ever put out. So uh, I gravitate towards that anyway. Where can people find you to get a taste of Sean Gardner? Yeah, the easiest way and probably where I'm most active is just on Instagram. It's at Sean Garner. It's S-E-A-N-G-A-R-N-E-R. And that's just shoot me a DM. I, like I said, that's like to go deep in social media, not wide. So like if you just want to come follow me, that's awesome. Um, but hopefully we can actually like, connect with people because I even even with the social media status or whatever you want to say that, that I've had, like doesn't mean anything. Like I don't know. 99% of those people like shoot me DM I respond to every single one of them it's probably going to be a goofy video message of me going hey what's up great to connect with you like that's just how I am so it'll be cool so connect with me there and uh, yeah let me know how I can help love it thank you so much for being on the show we um, really really appreciate it and, and some of these things we talk to people and some of them we really learn and, and I learned a ton today so this was a great use of my time for sure and uh, <laughs> No, thanks so much, guys.